am Dr. Thomas Slavin, Senior Vice President of Medical Affairs for Myriad Oncology. Welcome to Inside the Genome. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have Annie Parker with us. She is the founder of the Annie Parker Foundation. Thank you so much for coming on, Annie. My pleasure to be here. Thanks, Dr. Slavin, for having me. Yeah, very exciting. Yeah, just very interested to hear about your journey. And, uh, you know, you wanted to talk today about your mission. Uh, I just thought you'd be a very interesting person to, to really get the whole story. I mean, if, if anyone's gone through, you know, anything with BRSA1 or 2 uh, and hereditary breast and ovarian cancer, it's definitely you. So uh, you have an amazing historical perspective over the syndrome and the genes, and you've seen it all. So um, yeah, I'd, I'd love if you could just tell the audience a little bit about who you are and uh, you know, kind of how, how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. Well, again, my name is Annie Parker, and I am a three-time cancer survivor. And I was one of the first people to be tested for the BRCA1 and BRCA2 gene mutation. And I always thought I was really predisposed to cancer before I was born because my mother actually was diagnosed with breast cancer in her third trimester when she was carrying me. So we have a very long cancer history. Yeah. So, you know, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your, you know, life story. You know, you've written a memoir about it, uh, Annie Parker Decoded. There was a movie recently made uh, called Decoding Annie Parker. You've since uh, also as part of all this, set up the Annie Parker Foundation. And so I'd love to just hear, you know, about your personal journey uh, with cancer and, you know, how, how you saw genetics playing a, a key role in all of this. Yes, happy to tell my story. I'm actually a three-time cancer survivor. I was one of the first people to be tested for the BRCA gene mutation. I am from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I suffered so many losses, not only just with the passing of my mother and my sister and a first cousin. Um, my mom died when I was 14 years old. And 12 years later, it was my sister and my cousin, all from the initial uh, breast cancer diagnosis. Mm -hmm. But back then, Dr. Slayton, it was more about the fact that nobody talked either about these diagnoses. My whole family, as I knew it, fell apart. My father suffered emotionally with the loss of my mom. We just, our family just never reconnected as a whole after that. So what kept seeping into my subconscious, even though doctors kept telling me that it was purely bad luck, was that I really felt that there had to be some kind of medical connection as to why mm -hmm. I was losing so many women in my life to cancer. Yeah. So it was, was, the, was um, the movie traumatic. pretty accurate in the sense that you took a lot of this uh, by the reins uh, yourself? Yes, absolutely. And so what I did was, again, being a three-time cancer survivor, when I was first diagnosed at 29 with breast cancer, I started a log and I just wanted to be able to share my story with people, not go by memory, share my story with people on what it was like to be diagnosed at 29 with breast cancer. Mm -hmm. I was age 38 when I was diagnosed with third stage ovarian cancer. Wow. And then in 2005, I was diagnosed with what they called an unknown primary behind my liver. Yeah, wow. So because I took all that information and, and made a log or a journal, if you will, 
I actually sent it to a literary agency who had some funding or knew some people in LA with some Canadian funding that thought maybe this would make an, a very interesting movie. So that's how the movie became about. Yeah, that's incredible. When I watched the movie, I mean, you were definitely writing letters to try to get involved in the research. Were you ultimately part of some of the core research or was it really just you were able to take advantage of the initial testing? I was able to take advantage of the initial testing. My oncologist here in one of the major cancer facilities in Toronto knew about uh, Dr. Mary Claire King and knew about mm -hmm. the discovery and reached out to me and, and knowing my family history, of course, they wanted to see if I would be interested in being tested. And without a doubt, I absolutely wanted because I thought it was very important yeah. uh, that people know where their genetics come. I mean, Look at Angelina Jolie, right? She was yeah. one of the first two as an actress to put it out there. And I just think it's important to know. It saves people's lives. Yeah. How have you used it personally, uh, knowing that genetic information? You know, the, when you got that test saying, you know, I'm positive for BRCA1, I mean, you know, that had to be very validating to some extent. And then how you use that information over the course of the last few decades. Well, I used it, of course, in the movie. Um, I used it in my memoirs, Annie Parker Decoded. I think I'm one of the best examples of surviving and thriving. And I think I'm offering a lot of hope and empowerment to yeah. women to talk about the disease. Yeah, absolutely. Have you been following the, the field of hereditary breast cancer genetics since uh, BRCA1 and 2? I mean, you know, thinking about the newer genes that we're doing testing for and things like that. I do. I do follow it um, because I, I know genetics is so key right now and not just cancer, but so many other diseases too. I do. Obviously, BRCA1 and BRCA2 are the key that because yeah. I was so involved with those two, but um, I do follow along and I do get uh, notifications from my oncologist and also from our geneticists here in Canada uh, Stephen Narod, I also get information mm -hmm. from him on what okay. where it's going. He's a good friend of mine. <laughs> oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's great. He's a great guy. Yeah, yeah, very nice guy. Tell us a little bit about the uh, foundation uh, that you set up and the purpose of it. Well, as I mentioned, I think that the release of the movie and also the the book, I, I just wanted to go on and, and leave a legacy, I think, surrounding women's health. I think it's the next step for me was to create the Annie Parker Foundation. So that's what I've done. We did a big event back in 2019, my first, and everybody said, you know, you should expect to lose money, but I didn't. I made a bit of money and I was happy about that. And we are now partnering, too, with the company called Paxman Cooling Caps, which helps women um, keep their hair through their chemotherapy treatment. So we will offer funding for women who can't afford it. And I'm really looking forward to that experience and working with Paxman. They are yeah. a real pioneer. Yeah, no, that's great. Where do you see your real mission uh, going in, in focus? Um, it's all about hope. And again, empowering women to educate themselves about the BRCA gene. Uh, as I said, I think it, it's a personal decision, but I do believe that it actually saves lives. Again, I think I'm one of the best examples to look for survival and thriving and, and hopefully giving families, uh, not just patients, 
but education and options to families that have hereditary breast cancer. How do you uh, do that? I mean, do you do it you, through web-based communication or are you, um, you know, meeting people at conferences and, and talking with them? I've done a lot of conferences, um, not recently in the last year because of the pandemic. Yeah. I haven't been able to do that, but mm -hmm. people are now starting to get very used to virtual conferences. So I've been contacted by three uh, medical um, organizations and hospitals in the U.S., to look at doing virtual conferences again. I think everybody's getting used to the virtual uh, ideas. So uh, hopefully I will get back, not out on the road, but back on doing the conferences and telling my stories and talking about the foundation and the book and the movie. Yeah, that's great. Tell us how this has affected your family. Well, I think mainly the status is for, for women too that have children. Like I have two nieces, my brother, who was also tested, po who tested positive for the BRCA gene uh, one, mutation one. He was quite shocked, but as you know, men can get the uh, BRCA gene mutations. So my brother was um, a little shocked, but he also wanted to make sure that his children were aware, that his daughters were aware that they should be tested for, for future generations. So it was important, you know, just going down Mm -hmm. the, the history of a family for them to be aware of this information so they can make that decision whether they should be tested or not. Yeah. So um, I think it's very important for them to know and, and that maybe they, they won't have sort of a expiration date on their life if they can have their ovaries removed or breasts removed. I didn't have that option, unfortunately, until it was too late when I had breast cancer or ovarian cancer. But again, going back to like Angelina Jolie, she may now stay alive to be able to see her children grow up and even see her grandchildren. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's important for generations to follow um, because genetics, as you said, is, is just becoming very key. And I, I think it's really important for people to know, like I didn't know. And it was, it was really disheartening for me not to know because I became very curious, as I mentioned, as to why my mother and my sister and my cousin had passed away from this hideous disease with not, a, with not having any genetic reason for it and just yeah. being told constantly again that it was from bad luck. Yeah. What did you think when you opened that genetic test report I mean, and saw um, positive? You know, people ask me that question a lot. And the, my first response is if they had told me that I was negative, I would have asked them to go back and redo the test because I really felt that there had to be a reason why this was yeah. happening. It, it, it just couldn't be bad luck. Now, again, doctors have saved my life many, many times, three times. I know we were talking back in the 90s and genet genetics weren't really a topic of discussion. They were just basically saying it was down to bad luck. And, uh, and then, of course, history now shows that that wasn't the case. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, genetics is really still in its infancy. I mean, you know, if you think about it, I mean, here we are talking to one of the, you know, first people ever tested for BRCA1 and 2, um, you know, just to frame it as 
you know, we haven't been doing this that long. And um, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's been a lot of recent literature saying, yeah, even though we have all these great guidelines in place and recommendations for people to get testing, um, you know, like all women with ovarian cancer, for instance, I mean, just a, a very small minority, unfortunately, still are actually looking like they're getting testing. So, you know, we, we definitely need to get the word out, uh, you know, through foundations like yours, clearly as a uh, company, we, we, we try to do what we can, but, you know, getting it diffused through just this should be part of general medicine. I mean, people need risk assessments. They need to, to know uh, their risk for uh, potentially inheriting cancer, uh, you know, predisposition. So, you know, Absolutely. the more we can do, yeah, collectively to, to get the word out, the better. Yeah. Well, I, I really, really, really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you so much. Watching the movie, I mean, I, I definitely encourage it for anyone that hasn't seen it, either to read the book or um, you know, watch watch the movie, uh, which is available on multiple platforms, uh, streaming. You know, it's really eye opening, and uh, you know, you've you've definitely gone through a lot in your life, and I appreciate you coming on and sharing some of your experience. And I'm so you know proud that your foundation is going well, and uh, you're you're getting the word out. Thanks so much. And if I may just say, if they want, anybody wants to visit my website, it is Annie Parker Foundation website at annieparkerfoundation.com. And your contributions would enhance the quality of lives for so many women fighting for their lives. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. Thank you.